Hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ace Out Wide. I am your host, Matthew Failer, and alongside me is Alex Rector. Alex, it's December, it's the holiday season. How you doing? Doing well, Matt. The Ace Out Wide arises from our mid-holiday slumber to bring us another great episode of Tennis Podcasting. I hope you had a great holiday season, Matt. Um, I so did. Far. I, I have. I had a good Thanksgiving. It sounds like you are still in the middle of a food coma right there. I know I am. I was just thinking about uh, I did what my one of my friends called the white the whitest food you could ever make. I made a beef Wellington for Thanksgiving. I'm not going to lie. I'm still pretty proud about that. You know, beef Wellingtons never really did it for me. It was weird. Like that beef inside the bread and just... Ugh. I don't, know. I, didn't, I didn't like it. Yeah. See me, I, I'm a southern boy. Fair enough. Give me some baked beans, yeah. some fried chicken, <laughs> some collards, and a big old cup oh, of McDonald's or Bojangles, Bo little Bojangles sweet tea. That's all I need. Mm. You know? Amen, brother. Anyway, Amen so Alex, where can they uh, follow us? All right, guys. As always, you can follow us if you want to interact with us on Reddit. We are on Reddit at Ace Out Wide. We're on Twitter at Ace Out Wide PC. And you can email us at Ace Out Wide Podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, so, you know, just kind of in summary, obviously we are in, for those that don't know, we're in essentially what is the tennis offseason. It really doesn't have much of an offseason. The players out there really are still pre- uh, prepping. They're still training. A lot of them down at the USTA uh, headquarters in Florida. I mean, in tennis, truth be told, there really truly isn't much of an offseason. I mean, here it is, early December, December, and this time next month, I mean, we'll be talking about, you know, we'll be in Perth, Australia, you know, for some tournaments. We won't be, but the players will be, and then you have the Australian Open, and it's in full swing uh you know right there so but even with that being said i think this is kind of really a good time just like what you do around the thanksgiving table to kind of reflect back on the prior year and uh you know really look at some of the good things some of the more disappointing things i would say we saw with uh u.s men's tennis so alex i'll start off with you what is really your biggest takeaway from this year as far as uh, u.s men's tennis is concerned you know, Matt, I, it was kind of a weird year in a sense. I mean, let's think about the end of the year. Jack Sock wins a Masters title and somehow qualifies for the World Tour Finals. I mean, who would have ever in a million years thought that that was going to be the case at the beginning of 2017? Yeah, I mean, some of us aren't delusional uh, like you when it comes to thinking John Isner well, will you know, make it the, a slam final. You had Sam Query uh, reaching the semifinals at Wimbledon. That was great for Sam. Um, I think you had some of the younger guys playing pretty well. Jared Donaldson into the top 50. Uh, Ernesto Escobedo into the top 80. Um, I mean, th- that's not too surprising, the past few guys. But I think it was a year of twists and turns. I mean, um, John Isner kept – I think he had a, overall a pretty good year for his terms, one – Two, three yeah, tournaments this John, year. Two yeah, tournaments? no, John Isner definitely had a pretty, had a pretty solid year. Um, however, though he is finishing number three 
um, among the U.S. men with Jack Sock coming in at number 8 and Sam Query coming in at number 13. Yeah, but at the end of the year, I mean, I, I don't think anything really disappointed me. Well, what about the U.S. men's piss-poor performance at this year's U.S. Open? Well, yeah, I was, I was getting ready to say, now that I'm thinking about it, that, that was a disappointment. Um, home soil, you know, on your turf. The whole Francis Tiafa-Roger Federer match was infuriating. Um, great have, great for Francis Tiafa, and obviously yes. the terrible response from the fans, which we covered in a prior podcast. And for those curious, that's actually our most listened to podcast. So go back and give it a listen. Shame on you, New York. Exactly, exactly. So that was infuriating, um, you know, but it was great to see Francis playing at that level. So, you know, I, I, at the end of the year, I think it was a, a positive step forward. I think what this year really did, Matt, was yeah. got a lot of those guys in the in the 200 to 125 range. For the most part, those guys had good years, okay? And they're going – they have done a pretty good job of putting themselves in, themselves in position to get into qualifying at slams and into the main draw at some smaller main-level draw tournaments, Okay. Mm-hmm. You have some guys like Tennis Sandgren's doing very well as in the top nine, top 100 now. He's going to be getting into the main draw of some slams based on that ranking um, if he keeps it up. And so, something so, we haven't mentioned, I, I think we, we need to talk a little bit and give some props to Ryan Harrison, who yes, really yeah. had I, that's a, right, I did a look tremendous over him. year. Um, Best year of his career. Yeah, I mean, uh, up to number 47. Easily. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, for, for, for him, really, we were talking in an earlier podcast, it was a couple years ago, we were tweeting at him to come get cheeseburgers with us when he was at the Carry Challenger. I mean, th- this guy yeah. really has, he's really stepped up his game, um, you know, he's good at doubles, and it, it, it's exciting to see him, uh, you know, I mean, he went ahead, he started off good early, he won Memphis, and that was, that followed up a win at the RBC Tennis Championships in Dallas. Uh, well, he defeated uh, one of our biggest, uh, uh, you know, one a fan favorite here on the podcast, Taylor Fritz. So he he had a pretty, he he definitely had a career year, and, and you know was in the mix for a lot lot of things. I'm hoping to see him go deeper in some of the larger tournaments, but the advantage for him was he didn't have a lot of points to defend, and he was able to get in automatically in most cases some of the main draws of these 250s. Uh, and the yeah. 500s and, and even some Masters. So it, it really allowed him and gave him opportunity for success. So I'm curious to see how he follows that up uh, uh, next year. Not to mention he won the Grand uh, French Open doubles title. Yeah, oh, yeah, we cannot forget get about doubles. I mean, I mentioned it briefly, but yeah, he fan absolutely fantastic. Fantastic doubles. And I believe he has a new doubles partner, does he not? I'm pretty sure I saw him. Yeah, he's about been playing it. with Michael Venus, with Michael Venus a lot uh, from New Zealand. Um, he, I think he and Michael actually made it to the World Tour Finals this year uh, in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great to see as well. You know, another American there representing us uh, playing. Actually, I think they got to the semifinals of the World Tour Finals. So in it's Elvis. really interesting to see somebody, um, so. in my opinion, who's currently in the ATP top fifty, but who's also just killing the game. In the double side of thing as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't think of anybody offhand that does that. I mean, you know, we have Rampus, 
who is probably ranked, I'm not even going to look it up, probably three, 400. I mean, he's he's basically given up a singles game to stick with the doubles side of things. Last time I checked on doubles, he's in the top 20. You know, so, so that's the type of common things you see, but rarely do I see what Harrison's been able to achieve this year, which is really, I think, a testimony to his uh, conditioning. So he must have had a really good offseason last year, and just he, he's been able to stay yeah. in really, really good shape. And he's been able to stay healthy, too, which is really key. Yeah, I mean, he he's won two doubles titles this year. He won the one singles in Memphis. Um, actually has a better winning percentage in both in doubles, both this year and overall, um, which is interesting. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic year for Ryan Harrison. Big fan of, of him here on the show. So that, that was fun to see as well. Absolutely, and really a good good year for um, Tim Simichek as well. Currently at yeah one hundred thirty, really had a late had a late year surge. So that that was also good good to see. So I I think we're seeing a lot of players that are currently on the bubble. Um, you know, for those outside the top fifty, obviously Alex, like you mentioned, Jack Sock, just doing great. Um, I think he's going to be the focus of our next episode when we look ahead to 2018. Uh, you know, how he's going to follow up really this Cinderella run he had in the last several weeks of the uh, of the season. Uh, but, you know, Tim yeah. Simichuk did, did well. Taylor Fritz had a pretty solid season. Um, I, I don't know about you. I, I know a lot of the hardcore tennis fans are very hard on Fritz, and I, I think it's a little unfair. I still think it's a little unfair. However, he he did kind of, you know, he had some issues, in my opinion, towards the end of the year. I mean, he was going to, I remember it was October, he was playing like the Ho Chi Minh, you know, challenger when there's like... (laughs) And losing. And and losing in the first (laughs) round to some, you know, guy ranked in the 300s or something. And maybe it wasn't that bad, but it's just a little disappointing there. And then he went to another challenger in China. I think he stayed after Beijing and did the exact same thing. Um, So, you know, things like that is a little disappointing. You see it from Fritz. But I do think, as a whole, the American tennis community is really way too hard on him because I think from an early, early age, they start putting all the hopes and dreams on Taylor Fritz. And really, I think that's totally unfair. I think between Jared Donaldson, even Jack Sock, obviously now, and so many others, I, I really think the pressure can definitely be spread out there and shouldn't all rest on his shoulders. Sure, sure. Agreed totally. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think a highlight for us, Matt, this year in the podcast was getting to go to Winston-Salem Open and actually get a chance to speak to Taylor. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, one of our first episodes, just got to see, honestly, I think how cool of a guy he is and mature at 19. Holy moly. I mean, I just couldn't imagine having that pressure yeah. on my shoulders at 19. Not to not to mention, oh, he's married and has an infant child. Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 you know, exactly. so. It, the, the way he carries so I think, himself um, is unbelievable. Sure, sure. And I think he's, uh, at the end of the day, um, American tennis is in good hands with a guy like Taylor Fritz, you know. So I think that's going to be very exciting to watch him him play uh, more this coming year. Had his first uh, top ten scalp this year against Marin Cilic at Indian Wells, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of showed off some of his talent there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, played, played, played great, and yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to next year, obviously, because I really loved that season from January into March. I I think there's some really good tennis there. I, you know, and, and it really gives you a sneak peek of what's going to happen the next 
uh, you know, the next year. Uh, <clears throat> but, Alex, what would you say would be, if you had to choose one one highlight, you know, one big takeaway from the U.S. men's game, what moment would that be from this year? One specific Ooh. moment. I mean, I think it's just got to be Jags talking to the World Tour Finals. Mm. You know, I mean, that's just, it's been so long since we have, since we've had a guy there and he won, I forgot how many matches he won there. Um, I know he won one match, if not two. Um, and But just to have a, an American presence there, a young guy, you know, was just really neat to see. You know, at the end of the day, we just haven't seen that in a long time. Um and to see no, that, not, not Andy see him kind of rise up and get there was just cool to watch. Yeah, and yeah, keep in mind... Since, what, 2011? 2010? 2010. And the last time we had somebody rank this high at number eight was back when Andy Roddick was playing back in 2010. So, I mean, it's been a good seven years. So, I mean, to, you know, to, to me, I think this is sneak peek. I, I really wish that you know, he had a chance to peak around the U.S. Open time. I think that would have had increased media attention Agreed. around him. Agreed. Because uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's late October. Your average casual fan or even really a non-tennis fan, maybe somebody watches the slams, they'll watch an SEC football. They don't care about what tennis is going on in Paris like we do. So, you know, it, I, I feel yep. like a lot of them really don't appreciate what was going on. I was excited, and I remember I had that up. I mean, I had the Paris Finals and the World Tour Finals up right alongside football. I, you know, that, that, that's just what I'm interested in. So, curious to see where he go, sure. goes from there. And I, I think where you're making it to semifinals, uh, you know, of a slam is also something we really need to note. So, wow, a lot of people sure. are concerned about the future of American tennis, I'm I'm positive, and I think this podcast is coming in at a really yeah. great time. I think we're going to be sitting here this time next year, and the field's going to look completely different. I mean, let's face it, Nadal and Federer are getting older. However, they split the slams this year, which is absolutely unbelievable. So maybe it doesn't matter at yeah. all. But uh, I think there's plenty of room now for some of these young U.S. guys to go ahead and to, and to sneak in. And I'm curious to see. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. really curious to see uh, to, to see what happened. I mean, what happens because we had plenty of U.S. men jump up, like you mentioned, Alex. Uh, Tenny Sangren went start out this year at 191, moved up almost yeah, 100 wow. spots. Jared Donaldson started out yeah. 105. Moved up to 54. You know, so, so some pretty positive movement there. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's that's really awesome to hear. I haven't, I didn't know that tennis did that that great, to be quite frank. Um, question, Matt. I mean, who were you disappointed great in this question. year? I'm really glad you raised that. Um, you know, I'm going down... I'm really going down the list, and I would say I'm probably most disappointed with. Um, you're gonna laugh at me at this one, and I I think I might. Okay. I think I might get get some heat with it here with my pick, but I'm gonna go with Riley Opelka. Okay. 
actually. Oh. I know a lot of people are going to probably g- give me heat uh, for, for that. I think Raleigh Opelka has tremendous potential. He's 20 years old. I mean, my gosh. Like, I, I, I can't be too disappointed uh, as a whole, but I would really probably say him. I mean, he started out the year at 205 and ended it at 230. I would not have expected that. I would have expected him to crack possibly the top 170, 150 even. Uh well, he was in. See, I'm looking at here, career high, June 19 of this year. He was at 125, I know. and it just he just he just started to lose it. Just went backwards yeah. quick. I mean, I, I will, and, and I think that's probably the reason why. I mean, he had a lot of points to defend, and he just he he really just wasn't making it by the first round of a lot of times qualifying. He didn't make it by the first round in the Shenzhen Open in qualifying. He didn't make it by the first round of the ATP 250. Uh, you know, and, and I don't want to put a whole lot of pressure on him. Uh, however, he has tremendous serve. He has tremendous reach. He is what about the same size as John Isner, maybe even almost taller. Yeah, but exactly. moves a lot moves better. better. Has better ground stroke. So I, I I hear that, and I see somebody that can really start making some moves. Um, I, I, again, you know, yeah. This time in John Isner's career, he was playing college. Granted, he was killing the game in college. But I, I think I was really hoping to see Riley do a lot more, especially with the good, you know, he, he had a really good start of the year. You know, he qualified for the Australian Open. Uh, you know, I mean, he was he, he was making it to the round of 16 of the Memphis Open. And, and, you know, he was doing pretty solid, showing some promise in some of the Challengers events, but just couldn't quite, you know, crack in. I was a little disappointed. Uh, not seeing his name in some of the main draws of even some challengers. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But with that said, like you said, he is 20 years old. Guy's got great potential. Um, you know, he looks like he really enjoys playing tennis from what I've seen. I know he and Tommy Paul and some of those younger guys are great friends. So I think it'll be a lot of fun to see him hopefully pick it back up next year. And I think he will. Um and I, I think we definitely need to do an episode where we're talking about, you know, okay, what is, uh, you know, what what are we expecting for the next year or two? You know, looking ahead. So I, I think that'll give us, you know, plenty of time to, plenty of time to talk about that. Agreed. Agreed. So Alex, why don't we go into, in summary, kind of go into the questions portion of the show. The good news is we've now reached the threshold to give out the um, Tennis Warehouse gift card. Absolutely. So if you have submitted us a question to us via aceoutwidepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's aceoutwidepodcast at gmail.com. If you were one of the uh, one of the first 10 people to do that, you will be now be entered into a random drawing for a $15 gift card to tenniswarehouse.com. So let's let's hop into the last two questions of the year. So this one is from a friend of mine. Um, he has sent us actually three questions. Notice that does not mean he has three opportunities to win. It's still one, but he sent in three questions. And you know, th- this is a little bit of fun, uh, and a little uh, you know, little a little different than some of the other questions we've got. That's for sure. Uh, number one, Alex, who is currently well, actually, he asked us, I'm sorry. He says, what's up, boys? <laughs> Want to break up some serious ESPN anchorship for a minute with some lighthearted questions. <clears throat> Number one, 
who is currently the hottest female tennis player on the circuit? Ooh. Alex, I'll, I'll let you answer that one first. I is hope it, your wife yeah. is not losing your shot. Yeah, I don't think she's listened to an episode yet, so I think it'll be okay. So, oh, <laughs> she is so supportive. What a supportive wife! Uh, now, is this American woman or anyone? Oh gosh! Man. I mean, dude, he don't care. Come on now, give the people what they want. Oof, man. Um. I'll tell you actually in a second because I remember I saw on the tennis on the Reddit tennis the other day this European girl did. You a... better not take. You better not take the one I'm about to take. What? But okay, give well, it to me. I'll let so you... I'll just say it. Yeah. I'm gonna take it before you do. El- Elena Svitolina. <laughs> How do you pronounce her name? She's Ukrainian. Svitolina. Svitolina? Yeah. Okay. I think Svitolina. probably... Um, Elena Svitolina. So check her out on Instagram. She just released... Actually, on some random Ukrainian magazine, she just had a fire photo shoot right now. So I would definitely suggest everybody uh, give her that follow on Instagram. I would probably and, say... Uh, check out that fire Dominica Sibulkova. And I don't know if that's how you pronounce her first name. Dominica? I don't know. But the Sybil Kova girl, she's smoke chef for sure. Oh, wow. Well, I think we have to give honorable mention uh, my girl, Jeannie Bouchard. Always. If you want to see some good stuff, check out no the Sports Illustrated cover. Woo! Woo! No doubt. Anyway. No doubt. <clears throat> All right, next one. Number two. And I would imagine this can go men or women. Who has the best grunt while serving? <laughs> While serving, it's pretty specific. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I just don't ever watch or like listen for the grunt. I don't really either. If anything, I mean, a grunt well, just anno- who, annoys me. I've never yeah, like listened to one like, man, that's a cool grunt. Like, oh, that's awful to hear. Like, shut up. Well, what about uh, what's her name? Uh, uh Pova. Does she have a very? She, ah! Oh yeah, she's probably one of the worst. Probably. Yeah, I would say. Like, nobody has the best grunt. It's just, like, nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say Sharapova has the worst grunt. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know, though. I'll be honest. If I was on Toll Man, first of all, I'd be a joke. I just hit hit the ball. I'm just going to return the ball and give a hee-hee! Like a little <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> With a smooth, crim- uh, smooth criminal. Uh, yeah, the Billy Jean. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. I might need to edit some of this. <laughs> I almost broke into song. <laughs> little MJ, baby. Yeah, my ear, anyway. my eardrums about to do the hot bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna need to uh I'm gonna need to amend the audio on this. I'm gonna need to pull out the equalizer. Might. Anyway. Alright. And this one, again, men or women. Uh I don't really know. I can't really think who this would apply to, but this is lastly, who has the best signature celebratory move? Ooh. Yours truly, Dick Stone. Um, Mikhail Yuzny has like this really weird thing he does. It's kind of like he's from Russia and it looks like very like Really? I don't even know. It's like he puts his racket with his left hand, like puts it flat on top of his head to where like the, the butt of the racket's pointing to the left. And then he mm-hmm. like salutes with his right hand. And he does that oh. to like to each 
each direction of the court. It's kind of weird. Really? Well, it doesn't sound too weird. I mean, who, who, who is that one? Uh, who is that one woman who is doing the dab at the end of every match there for a minute? That oh, really God. was just so cringeworthy uh, to watch. It was uh, so awkward. Who was that? It's, she's having the divorce issues right now. Like, she was. A girl yeah, who, I wonder why. I I divorce her too. Yeah. She's dabbing in <laughs> center court of Arthur Ashe. Azarenka. Quinn Azarenka. Yes. Bless. I was like, and like she did it like slow, and I'm just. It was just so awkward to watch too. Yeah, it it's was It's like bad. you're foreign. You, you you don't get the dab. Cam Noon can dab. You, you can't. Just, just yeah. stop. So. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you for those hard-hitting questions there from the one and only Dick Stone. Anyway, and our last question. This is from a guy by the name of Robert Hoffer. Alex and Matt, I was inquiring to know if you'd be broadcasting live from Indian Wells next year to kick off the American hardcore swing. Love to meet you out there. not be at Indian Wells. Unless, Mr. I mean, if Mr. Hoffer would like to fund our trip, I think we would love to be there. But I think that's about the only way that we're going to be there. Being said, I, I know I do plan on making out to Indian Wells, um, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but uh, my finances do not permit it, considering I will be getting married this year, among other things. Yeah, um, yeah. So that being said, if anybody wants to sponsor the podcast, we are open to sponsorships. You can Absolutely. Us for any inqu- inquiries at asowidepodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. We have a very active listener base. But, uh, no, so we don't plan on going to Indian Wells. However, Alex and I do plan on making it to the ATP 500 uh, City Open up in Washington at least. So looking out for 2019, uh, I would expect us to be at several tournaments. I know I plan on hopefully going out to Indian Wells, maybe even Cincinnati or even the U.S. Open. I think that's, uh, I think that's definitely something we need to be doing. Did you hear, Matt, that uh, – well, two things. One, we need to give props to the American ladies winning the Fed Cup title. That's awesome. Yes. They won Huge. a few weeks ago the, the, the in American Belarus. American women. Best doing year so well. ever. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievably great year I would say so. I mean, I mean, the, the ladies are just – absolutely just murdering it. I mean, I'm yeah. half tempted. We need to start a women's only podcast. There's just so yeah. much there to talk about. So yeah. much success they're having. And um, Matt, they're starting their title defense in the beautiful hipster Asheville, North Carolina in February. Oh, wow. Yeah. I might have to Very go to cool. that because I mean, I've always, I mean, I'm not a huge Davis Cup fan, but I would go if it was close. And, like, obviously, Fed Cup is the ladies' version of that. I love Asheville. I think it's a great town to go to. Um, so, really might have to go check that out. Yeah. I would, I would definitely agree that I think that might be, that, that might be something worth doing. And you also have the women's tournament, too, in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina, nearby That's as well. True. That is That's very true. well attended. Very, and very I don't well know. Attended. You know, it's funny. This is not get as much press as I thought it would, Matt. But the Memphis Open is no more. They have what moved, really? Yeah, they I had have no moved idea. That tournament to Long Island now, and it's going to be called the New York Tennis Open. Uh, they're going to be playing it in an arena up there. I'm not sure which one. Wait, so it's going indoors, really? Yeah, yeah. That's my uh, how, how do you feel? But are they playing in Barclays Arena or something? I mean, I don't think so. It's it's um, 
it's a smaller venue or not that it's not that one that I um recognize. I'm trying to look it up right now. Um but yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's Nassau Coliseum. Okay. Um, well, N- Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, you're right. You said Long Island. So Nassau Coliseum, that's where the Islanders used to play. Um, it's actually okay. a pretty cool location. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's at, you know, it services Long Island pretty well. So if you're on Long Island, it's pretty relatively easy to get to. But offhand, I, I mean, there are some universities around the area. Uh, but... Where would they? Where all would they be playing? I mean, because it's my understanding okay, it's set, just set in the Coliseum. That's but it. I, I, I guess. What's the? I mean, dr- that's I mean, the. Is it a men's only draw? I can't recall. Yes. Uh. Well, in Memphis, it was anyways. So I'm assuming it's it's still mm-hmm. men's only. Um. Okay. So yeah. So that's that. So I don't know how many courts they're going to be putting down there. I mean, I would imagine at the Memphis tournament they got away with only having three to four indoor courts. Because um, I remember, I know that was like a private country club. And most yeah, private but one court seems – I mean, you're going to have to match your style like 6 a.m. For the first day or I don't two, know. Maybe, depending on the draw size. Yeah, I mean, may, yeah maybe they have um, – Really? You know, more turn. More, is it is there any other think. news like that? Like anything else changing for for the tour? I nothing else. I actually read an article that not this coming year, so twenty nineteen, they're going to move the Miami Open to the Miami Dolphins football stadium. However, I could not figure out if they meant like they're gonna put it in the parking lot or actually in the stadium. Um but they are moving the Miami Open to the some facility that the Miami Dolphins owns. Oh, Dolphins own, excuse me. Okay, well, you know, speaking of parking lots, we do need to keep in mind that the Atlanta Open still has courts in the middle, in the center yes. of the parking garage. Yes. Which I think is, I understand you're cramped for space and need some tennis courts, but good God. I mean, <laughs> you have a soccer mom driving up there, dropping off her kids, and there's a professional pro circuit. I'm not talking futures. I'm not talking challengers. I'm talking 250 level the big tournament. league. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty anyway. hilarious. So, Alex, I, I think that's really all we have for today. Um, we'll definitely release at least one more podcast prior to the year's end. And then from there, we'll be back on a regular schedule, you know, once a week it once the be. season starts up. I, I don't know about you. I am so excited. This is the most excited I've been for a tennis season because of so much. You know, we finally got some good results on the U.S. side, so it'll be fun to, to talk about in the months to come. I agree, Matt, and to all of our listeners out there, thank you very much, and keep dialing in. Thanks, everybody.